Life Audio. Hello and welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast with Trisha and Michelle. We're just two friends reading through the Bible chronologically and encouraging you to do the same. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook, Daily Bible Podcast, or go to our website, dailybiblepodcast.net. We are going through the one-year chronological Bible, and we have links for that in our show notes and also at our website. Also, if you're on Facebook, make sure you check out our community group. Just look for a Daily Bible Podcast under community, and we'd love to have you there. And also, just continue to spread the word. If this is something new, if if you've just joined us and you like what you're hearing and you like what you're reading and learning, share it with a friend and ask them to join you. And um, go to community because, or I mean, good account, good encouragement. Um, to be reading the Word of God in community. That's one thing we learned from last year, and one thing it continues to be so true this year. Today we are reading Exodus 13, Exodus 14, and Exodus 15. So in today's reading, we had the dedication of the firstborn. So in Exodus 13, 2, God commands, dedicate to me every firstborn. And then later in Exodus, we have more dedication to the firstborn and then we get in the desert there's more dedications to the firstborn mm-hmm. so why why do we have this okay but before we get to the why of the de- dedication let's look at the when so mm-hmm. exodus 13 4 it says on this day in early spring in the month of abib you have been set free so they are going to be free so according to dr carmen imes in her torah tuesday youtube videos abib refers to soft new grain as it grows and so let's think about that the egyptians left egypt in early spring when the grain was still soft and not ready to be harvested so they were being thrust into full and utter dependence on god mm. so they would have been coming to the end of their food stores back in egypt they're like, they don't have the new crops that are going out with them. And so they would not have these supplies to take into the desert. And then God explains the significance of these ceremonial symbols, um, talking about teaching them to future generations. So the Israelites were to teach their children how the Lord with his mighty hand liberated them from Egyptian slavery. And because of Pharaoh's obstinance to the demise, because of Pharaoh's obstinance, all the firstborn males in Egypt were killed human and animal but now that dedication of the firstborn they are to to make their firstborn dedicated to the lord and of course this is pointing to jesus who is the firstborn of god Mm. and it talks in here about redeem and redeemer Um, but if we look into that that dedication of the firstborn that redemption of the son it involves the father redeeming his son and the Mm. the ceremony is actually called the pidyon and the word is made up of these symbols. So the word redemption is made up of these symbols. So first the P is symbolizing the mouth speaking. The D is a door, which is a doorway or a decision, a gateway to life or death. The Y symbolizes a hand or an arm, and that signifies strength. 
The V symbolizes the, a wooden peg, which means to fasten or secure two things. And the N is a fish representing activity or life. So putting that together, basically, there's a pathway that demands a significant act to secure life. And it, it implies something more profound than money for redemption. So this redemption, remember, is that their sons were redeemed. All the, all the Israelites sons are redeemed all the egyptian sons were killed because the firstborn lamb redeemed them and so now they are to redeem their sons they're supposed to they're supposed to present their sons back to the lord and this is pointing to jesus this is the first passover the angel of death passed over them this is pointing to jesus who represents the Forever Passover in Romans 3, 25, it says, For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. So the Passover looked back at what God had done and yet also looked ahead to what God was going to do through Jesus. And so as they're going into Egypt, we've just had this experience where all the, the Egyptian firstborns were killed. And now God is saying, redeem your sons towards me. And it's also pointing towards that future sacrifice where Jesus will fully redeem us from our sins. Oh, that's beautiful. I, I, I just love how every time we read through the Bible, there is more insight in what you've just mm -hmm. shared with us, gives so much more insight and so much fuller meaning to the Passover and to what God is doing in the lives of his people. It's just, it's so cool. Okay. Well, let's, let's get going. And as I, as I say that I'm, I'm like saying, okay, so the people of Israel started off for the land that God had promised to give them. And can you just feel the anticipation? I mean, like there had to have also been some maybe nervousness, some excitement, the kids are asking questions like, why are we doing this? Like, why are we, why are we eating this meat and have our shoes on? And why are we doing it this way? And there was just a lot. They had lived through generations of slavery. Mm -hmm. So this, this was new, this was new actions. But this was a totally new action. And so they were busting out. There was freedom. They were heading into the great unknown. So like, let's saddle up your horses. We've got a trail to blaze. But but then God is like, hmm. he led them through a roundabout way through the, through the Red Sea. And I've just got to say that this chapter had my heart pumping. Like God didn't lead them on the fastest route. And this was the first time that I really picked this part up. And I kept thinking, there had to have been a number a number of the Israelites who were looking back going, they could get us. Why, why aren't we going, you know, a straight way? Why aren't we going the fastest route? But it, the, the slower route was God's salvation. And God continues to say, I have planned this to display mm -hmm. my glory through Pharaoh and his whole army. After this, the Egyptians will know that I am God. I don't know how they haven't known that he is God, but they don't. So, he is saying, after this, the Egyptians will know that I am God. And of course, the Egyptians, you know, Pharaoh's heart was hard again, and they're pursuing Israel. And and like we would do, the Israelites freaked out because they forgot God's promises that God would be with them and would deliver them. And it would, I mean, when you're thinking about that, when someone's like, 
at your back, it's so hard to remember that God is making a way. God is making a way. And so then there was the parting of the Red Sea, which was incredible incredible miracle of God to even think about that is just God's God's mighty hand was displayed and um, and just as the Israelites walked across on dry land on dry land um, and then they get across and all of a sudden the waters come rushing rushing back together and the and the Egyptians drown and then we have the song of Moses which is a powerful hymn of salvation and it, it just echoes throughout this this section like he was not the bumbling old man that he claimed to be as you read through that you're like wow that's just beautiful poetry and it reminded me of the lyrics of Rich Mullen's song My Deliverer and um the, the song goes, my deliverer is coming. My deliverer is standing by. He will never break his promise. He has written it upon the sky. And I'm like, Moses had to had to have been in awe as he was, and, and the Israelites too, as they were watching this all happen. And then of course, the Miriam song further celebrates this deliverance. But celebration can't last for long because then at Mara, the Israelites encounter bitter waters and this serves as another instance when they forget God's greatness and his promises. How many times have they forgotten his greatness so far since just walking out of Egypt? Like, oh, Israel. Like, oh, Israel. Um, they just, they forgot all that he's promised and all that he did. They complained that they don't have any water and they were thirsty. And, you know, back in Egypt, they had all the water they needed. Like life was better in Egypt. It just seemed like we had all the emotions today, all the feels today. And you're like, come on, guys, at least you would we'd hope that you would remember a little longer. The children were just redeemed by the blood of the lamb. The Egyptian children were firstborn sons and animals were killed. Um, then they are loaded down with gold and silver and wealth. Um, then they cross through the Red Sea. It's not muddy. Um, they're singing worship songs and then they're thirsty and so they complain. <laughs> so you just wished it would last a little longer, but it's so us. It's so human nature. We can have a wonderful day, then something doesn't go right and we just switch our emotions, switch just like that. So yeah. I can relate, even though I wish I didn't, I can relate to that. I can too. I can too. Well, we need to take a break. I need to take another sip of coffee, and um, and when we come back, we'll have the word of the day. Stay tuned. Okay, the word of the day is dedicate, and this is a general term in the Bible that describes setting apart or consecrating persons or things to God or sacred work or to a different end. So today we read in Exodus 13:1 it says dedicate to me every firstborn among the Israelites. And I have an amazing story of someone who took this literally, which I just love sharing the story. So I wrote a book for a Holocaust survivor. His name was Thomas Grauman. And during World War II, Thomas's Jewish mother put him on a kinder transport and sent him to Scotland to save his life. And Michelle, can you imagine putting a child on a, on a train, knowing you'll never see him again, but also knowing his life will be saved. So Thomas survived. Hard. Like, I'm I sorry. I, I've just got to sit there yeah. and think through how hard that would be as a parent. It, it just, it shows, first of all, 
her trust. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Move on. So Thomas survived, but the rest of his family was killed in the concentration camps. Um, And a single woman took Thomas and another boy in and the Christian community gathered around to help these boys. They were nine, both nine years old and they, they they took him to Sunday school. They took him to Bible club. One lady on Sunday afternoons would take Thomas to teach him scripture and memorize scripture. So this community poured God's love and Thomas at nine years of old, nine years of age became a Christian and he started to read the Bible for himself. And he started from Genesis just like we did. Um, and then when he came to Exodus 13 two, where it says, you know, dedicate every firstborn among the Israelites to me. Well, he was a firstborn Israelite. And so at nine years old, he dedicated to himself to God and said he was going to be a Christian missionary. Hmm. And he did. So he got, he became a missionary. He got married, had kids. And then later after he was retired, he became a missionary again. And he was from the Czech Republic or Czechoslovakia when he was first there, but he went back there and he met with a man whose father was a pastor that helped his mom get Thomas on this train. So Christian pastor helped Thomas's mom get Thomas on the train. And he met this, the son of this man and the pastor had um, his mother's will there that she had written Mm. before she left. And she said in the will that she had hoped that Thomas would become either a pastor or a missionary, a Christian Mm. pastor or a missionary. So sometime in her life, she must have believed in, Jesus, because she said a Christian pastor, a missionary, and then she also trusted this pastor to help her son escape. And so it was so encouraging to him to see that his mother had given her life to God, but also that she had dedicated him to God. He didn't know that at nine years old when he wanted to be a missionary. And later that had been his mother's desire. So it just makes me think of that mom dedicating her son to God. Um, We may not see how things turn out, but we can trust that God has a plan. And these Israelites, when they're leaving the promised land, of course, things are hard. Things are really, really hard. Mm-hmm. They were slaves, but they have no idea. They have no idea what's going to come. But God said, dedicate your your children to me. Mm-hmm. And so it's like these steps of faith, because we cannot see, none of us can see the future. They couldn't see the future, but taking the steps of faith and doing what God asks makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. You know, as you're, as, as we were talking about dedication and dedicate, I was thinking of, well, my mind went to a baby dedication at, at, Mm -hmm. at church and, um, and, and, you know, the parents bring the baby up or the child up front and the pastor holds the baby and says a few words. And, um, in, in the church tradition that, that I grew up in, um, babies were baptized into the covenant family and, that's not a sign of salvation as some baby baptisms are, but um, it was a sign of bringing the baby into the covenant mm. family. And, um, and the pastor always mentions it's not, this is not salvation. This is to say this child has a mark on them and this child will have to at one day, um, you know, be converted, have to, have to stand before God and say, yes, Lord. Um, but there's something different about a a um, a baptism, a baby baptism, because the whole congregation is asked if they promise to help the parents raise this child, mm-hmm. and everyone raises the right hand and responds, "I will." 
And from that day on, the child is known as a child of the covenant. And I don't have any children, but every time I sit through an infant baptism, I know the weight that is put on me. Like in our text, Moses is asking the parents to remember, to remember the mighty hand, to remember him and pass him on. And that all the deeds that they had saw so far that God has done, pass that on to the next generation. Do not forget, he is saying, brand it on your hand or your forehead. And so as I interact with children in the church or outside the church, if I'm teaching Sunday school or leading a Bible study or even babysitting, I'm thinking, how can I do my duty to come alongside these parents and teach these, teach the next generation to remember? Like, what can I do to share what God is doing um, and to pass that on? Like, you know, the children are dedicated to God. God, of course, is dedicated to us in all that we say and all that we do. Like he's dedicated with his love for us. And how can I be dedicated? And um, and so anyway. I love that. I love that, um, you know, we all have the responsibility. Um, the, all the Israelites together had the responsibility to raise these children up. And I'm thinking of my favorite Sunday school teacher. She didn't have any biological kids of her own, but she was there. She was teaching Sunday school. We'd go stay the weekends at our house and do fun things with her. She'd take us out. We, we'd earn prizes for memorizing scripture. She dedicated her life. And I love when people pour themselves into our kids. Um, I have a, a good friend. Deb that's gone and visited my daughter in the Czech Republic just to encourage her and support her. That is awesome. We we all need those those extra people mm-hmm. in our lives. So maybe you're thinking, well, I don't have any biological children on my own. I guarantee there's someone out there that would love you pouring your your love and your faith and and helping them and guiding them. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. So true. Well, Trisha, would you pray for us today? just that we would be dedicated to raising the next generation to follow God. Yep. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you that we can dedicate first ourselves, then our family members um, towards you, Lord, but also show us who to dedicate our time, our encouragement, our support to that we're not even related to, Lord. Maybe there's someone out there that just needs an encouraging word, that needs help, support, love. Um, as the body of Christ, we can all love and support each other. And I thank you that you call us to that, that you call us to be a community together, to love and support. I thank you, Lord, that we can look and see all the provision you have in your firstborn Jesus, that he has um, just given us everything we need. I thank you that, Lord, for her sacrifice. I thank you that um, that he is there to be with us in our time of need, Lord, and help us to be more dedicated and help us to dedicate ourselves to others in your name. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we are sending you off with some daily encouragement to get into the word and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Again, if you don't have the one-year chronological Bible that we are using, we have links to that Bible in our show notes. You can even find it in the Kindle format. 
Also in the show notes is a monthly and yearly schedule of the Bible reading plan that we are following. So tomorrow we are reading Exodus 16, Exodus 17, Exodus 18, and Exodus 19. We are slowly getting closer and closer to those 10 commandments. Hey, I want to take a, just a second here to thank the team at Life Audio. You would not be listening to daily Bible podcasts without their partnership. Go to lifeaudio.com. You're going to find other great Christian podcasts that are going to encourage you in your walk with God. And we will see you here tomorrow. Bye-bye.